It's Tuesday, February 6th, 2024, and you are listening to Uranium Spotlight Podcast, Nuclear's Resurgence in a Clean Energy World, brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group. Great uranium discoveries only come with drilling. Don't miss out on the next big one. PurePoint and partners, Cameco and Arano are drilling right now. And now your host, Chris Frostad. This week on Uranium Spotlight, the spot price ends the week on a high note. Multiple countries add to the world's growing fleet while drama grows in Kazakhstan. Last week's uranium market experienced notable volatility, with the spot price surging from $100 to $107 U.S. per pound U308. January's spot activity was marked by uncertainty as market participants awaited production-level announcements from Kazataprom. The week started slow with no transactions on Monday and Tuesday, keeping the spot price at $100. On Wednesday, as anticipation for Kazataprom's announcement grew, four spot transactions occurred, pushing the price to $101. Thursday saw a significant reaction to Kazataprom's revelation of a 20% production decrease, with prices reaching $107 by the end of the week. Friday witnessed continued activity, concluding with another transaction at $107. Meanwhile, the term uranium market stayed quiet, with no new utility demand or contract awards reported. Various utilities are evaluating offers for future deliveries, with deadlines set for February 19th. The overall market reflects a mix of heightened spot price dynamics and a relatively stable term market, suggesting ongoing shifts in uranium pricing dynamics. Iran, Chechia, and South Africa are not typically three countries that one thinks of as being major players in the world of nuclear reactors. Most people probably wouldn't even mention them in the same breath. This week, however, all three countries either announced that they had begun the construction of multiple new reactors, expanded upon previous plans to build reactors, or began working out the finances for their new reactor builds. Iran has announced this past week that they've begun building a nuclear power plant on their southern coast. This new plant would consist of four new reactors. Iran's construction of these reactors will likely experience some issues owing to international sanctions on the country because of its nuclear weapons program. Iran currently has one operational reactor. Iran expects the new plant to cost $20 billion to take nine years to construct and to create 4,000 jobs. Each reactor is expected to use 35 tons of nuclear fuel per year. Chechia announced this week that instead of building just one new reactor, as previously announced, that they would build four new reactors in an effort to lower the price per reactor. Two companies, the French state-owned corporation EDF and KHNP out of Korea, have been asked to submit expanded bids to construct the new reactors. Finally, South Africa has plans to finance and build what will amount to at least two new large-scale reactors. Speaking in South Africa's parliament, the Minister of Energy and Natural Resources said, We must not deal with nuclear out of fear. It is increasingly getting space in the energy supply. Europe has identified it as part of the green transition, together with gas, and that is our attitude in the department. These three countries have chosen to build reactors despite the financial and in some cases geopolitical challenges that can arise. All three of these projects are rather ambitious in scope for a trio of relatively small and otherwise disadvantaged nations. Japan has added uranium to its list of critical minerals. This at a time as it ramps up its nuclear restarts and reports importing the least amount of natural gas that has consumed in the last 10 years. The decline in natural gas usage has been directly attributed to the number of reactors that have been brought back online and to a number of wind and solar energy projects that have been recently brought into service. 
Japan adding uranium to its critical minerals list demonstrates the Japanese government's growing recommitment to the use of nuclear energy for decarbonization. Japan is the world's third largest consumer of uranium behind the United States and China, but has no domestic production and only enough total reserves to run its reactors for an estimated six years. Putting uranium on the critical minerals list means that the Japanese government can allocate more funds for research and development into subjects surrounding uranium and will also allow for cooperation with foreign countries that share Japan's goals for a stable supply of the mineral. Despite the decrease in natural gas imports, signaling progress towards Japan's net zero goal, opposition towards nuclear power and the restart of reactors remains strong among the Japanese public following the Fukushima nuclear accident in 2011. And there have been legal challenges to the Japanese government's plan to utilize its nuclear fleet to provide 20% of the country's power by 2030. Many experts remain convinced, however, that the Japanese have no choice but to lean into nuclear reactors to achieve its goals. The government of Ontario, Canada, has announced that it will begin the refurbishment of reactors 5 through 8 at Ontario Power Generation's Pickering Nuclear Generating Station. This project will allow the four CANDU reactors to run for an additional 30 years. The project is estimated to cost $2 billion and will run into the 2030s. This refurbishment is an investment into Ontario's economy that will increase Ontario's GDP by an estimated $19.4 billion. Previously, Ontario Power Generation, or OPG, has refurbished its Darlington Nuclear Generating Station and can claim a significant amount of experience in this type of project. Ontario is planning to extend the life of as many reactors as possible and to build more in the coming years as its population grows and its economy expands. This includes four new small modular reactors at the Darlington plant. The United States is also looking at refurbishing or restarting reactors, in particular the Palisades plant in Michigan, which is set to get a $1.5 billion loan from the Department of Energy. The owner of the plant, Haltech International, says that without the additional funding, it will have to begin the decommissioning process at the site. The Biden administration would like to see as many nuclear plants kept online as possible, especially given its ambitious plan to decarbonize the electricity sector by 2035. Keeping these plants online, however, has been difficult, especially given the cheaper operating costs of competing natural gas and renewables. Compared to natural gas and renewables, however, nuclear power is the only baseload energy source that does not generate carbon emissions from the process of generating electricity. Nuclear power can generate the same amount of power 24 hours a day and in any kind of weather, leading the Biden administration to protect its reactor fleet in support of its fight against climate change. Kazakhstan, a country providing over 40% of the world's uranium production through its leading company, Kazatomprom, is now facing potential risks to its uranium fuel supply. The updated 2024 production guidance indicates a reduction from previous estimates due to lower sulfuric acid availability and construction delays. While Kazatomprom assures commitment to existing contractual obligations, the decrease in sales volume for 2024 will undoubtedly affect global uranium supply. The country is actively seeking additional sulfuric acid supplies and plans to construct a new plant for increasing production aiming to secure its 2025 production goals. Adding complexity to the situation, this week's resignation of Kazakhstan's government, driven by President Tokyev's push for economic reforms, introduces uncertainties. The government restructuring is linked to concerns about the nation's economic strategy, potentially impacting the regulatory environment for Kazatomprom and the broader uranium industry. In addition, rumors are swirling that a quiet advancement of Russia may be behind these moves. 
In a meeting with President Tokiev, Kazatomprom's reported operational results for 2023, highlighting increased use of the Trans-Caspian International Transportation Route for uranium shipments. The president emphasized tasks to enhance Kazatomprom's performance, underscoring the importance of the National Atomic Company to Kazakhstan's economic development. These developments collectively pose challenges to Kazakhstan's ongoing supply of uranium fuel to the world. The country's ability to address sulfuric acid supply issues, navigate political challenges, and meet production goals will be crucial in maintaining its position as a key player in the global uranium market. And that wraps up your Uranium Spotlight coverage for this week. For more news and events from the world of uranium, please tune in next week to Uranium Spotlight. You've been listening to Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group. PurePoint actively operates a portfolio of advanced uranium projects in the world's richest uranium district and has established partnerships with some of the largest uranium suppliers worldwide. While our passion for this subject is undeniable, it's essential to clarify that the information presented here is not investment advice. Instead, our goal is to offer an unbiased and comprehensive review of recent events that could impact uranium prices. Join us again next Tuesday for Uranium Spotlight. Oh,